Before we begin, I just want to mention today we're going to be talking about a lot of different legal aspects, and we wanted to remind you that none of us are attorneys, and we strongly encourage you to consult your own attorney to verify anything we're discussing. Hey, this is Adam Cruz, owner-broker of the Herman London Real Estate Group and host of the St. Louis Realtor Podcast. And this is Shannon St. Pierre, a realtor at Herman London and co-host of the St. Louis Realtor Podcast. Before we begin, we just want to say that we are realtors, which is different from someone who is simply an agent. The term realtor identifies a real estate professional who is a member of the National Association of Realtors and subscribes to its strict code of ethics. And even though it's called the St. Louis Realtor Podcast, this show is for everyone who's interested in real estate. Buyers, sellers, realtors, HGTV watchers, everyone. So if this specific episode isn't exactly what you're looking for, go through our past episodes and I guarantee you'll find a topic that interests you. And if there's a topic you want us to cover, email us at podcast at hermanlondon.com. That's Herman, H-E-R-M-A-N-N, london.com. And we'll talk about it on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening and enjoy. From the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with Adam Cruz and Shannon St. Pierre. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Cruz, broker and owner of Herman London Realtors, here with my co host, Shannon St. Pierre. Hello, hello. Say hi, Shannon. Shannon is a friendly local realtor, investor, rehabber, all of the above, right? Correct. And we are excited today. Because if you haven't seen the news story from KMOV, there's a they did a news story recently about serial squatters, and we have the people from the news story here, Jeff and Shelley, and uh, welcome guys. Thank you very much for coming in and talking about your story. Um, you know, we wanted to bring you in today to learn about what happened, and we wanted to figure out how we can help this not happen to other people. But uh, if you don't mind, kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. My name's Jeff Kaufman, obviously. I uh, got into real estate investing um, late 2014. Started off with just doing uh, doing quick fix and flips and stuff like that. And um, been rolling along here. I finally quit my job. I was able to quit my job uh, two and a half years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And... Um, Everything's rolling along fine. Uh, finally, we got to the point where we were able to get Shelly to quit her job. Yeah. Oh, double congratulations. It's a big step. Yeah. yeah. So August 1st of 2019. Right. So um, if you if you time this story right and when this all started happening, it was right around that time. I mean, we started off with a huge challenge, you know, right off the bat. Oh, that's what? interesting. So, uh, so you mainly focus on fix and flips. Primarily, yes. Okay, so mm -hmm. you don't do you do buy and holds as well? I do. Um, I do a lot of creative financing, so that's that's kind of my that's my gig. You know, I, I really like the creative side of things. So. Um, and what do you mean by creative financing? I love to do sub two deals, subject two deals, um, and uh, you know, targeting pre foreclosures and and um, distressed homeowners. Is that how you find your properties? Buy and hold stuff, yes. Um, okay. I do, I do a lot of my own marketing. Well, I do all of my own marketing. Um, so for, do, you, for, do you do wholesaling as well? 
I do. It's just not my favorite thing to do. It's okay. a really, really tough business. I mean, right. it's super high speed and it's just, I don't find it very, I don't find it fun. <laughs> yeah. You can tell we're kind of real estate nerds because you're like, oh, real estate? Well, we'd like to talk more about that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you mentioned subject twos. That's something we've never actually done a podcast on. But mm-hmm. in, in two sentences or whatever, you're you're basically buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. Correct. Right? Do you have That's to correct. give the homeowner something? Or on a, on occasion. Short sale? Yeah. So on occasion, uh, I try to avoid hurting credit if possible, if at all possible. So I, I avoid short sales. Sometimes it's just, you know, it just calls for a short sale. It's nothing you can do. Um, I've had houses given to me for free and I've had houses where I've paid, you know, paid a seller out, um, to walk. So, uh, it just all depends, but you are correct. You know, you just take over, you're taking over someone's mortgage, mm-hmm. um, or you're but take, you're not you're assuming a, the lo- the mortgage, are correct. you? Correct. No. Okay. No, no. So in their name. We what I like to say is we don't assume the mortgage; we assume the debt. Okay. That's so what you we take do. on the debt. Correct. And when does it transfer out of their name? Uh, right. As right. soon as soon as possible. As soon as we can get it done. That's that's part of my uh, kind of part of my shtick is I I make the I can make it a super super fast process. I do all my own closings. Um, you know, do mostly kitchen table closings, as some people might know them. So it's just but, basically a contract between you and the owner of the home. Correct. Is yeah. what, they, what you mean by a kitchen table contract, or well, no, he's saying it's, you don't involve actually, title companies, right? Correct. I, oh, I, you I, don't. I, I normally, if I'm if I'm being honest, I don't buy title policies very very often anymore. I just I, I do my title search. I actually go out and pay for the title search. Um, have them exam, you know, have them examine it and go over it with me. Make sure I'm totally comfortable with with whatever's on title, mm-hmm. and just pay them outright for the title search and exam. And okay. I usually don't buy a well, policy. Th- we're gonna have to have you back yeah, for a whole other like, podcast. Let's on do it. This let's super do it. interesting way that you're doing real estate investing. But we've got to get today yeah. into this whole. This is a podcast all about squatters mm-hmm. and serial squatters, right? And uh, well, that's I guess the term we're using because well, we'll find out how, but. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself, Shelly? It's kind of funny with this. Uh, you know, when Jeff started this business, uh, I was still in corporate management, loving that role. But just seeing uh, some of the success that Jeff was having and the purpose of the company was definitely a motivating factor. So being able to see a certain segment of helping folks being able to rehab homes in the community and then helping folks get into them really appealed to me. So I liked that part of the vision. So um, after some peer pressure, I guess, a little bit, I kind of decided to take the jump. So it's been an interesting adventure for the last six months. Real estate's always an adventure. Though. Yes, it is. I mean, yes, it is. I don't care, no matter yeah. what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So what what happened? Why are we here today? Well, and I think what's interesting about this too, when we talk about squatters, I think immediately, Adam, what comes to your mind is usually someone taking over a vacant property and you find that they've been, quote unquote, squatting in the property. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, is traditionally what we think of as a squatter. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is that even fair for you to say, Jeff and Shelley, is what you probably had in your head and never thought of this high end, whatever yeah. it almost was, I mean, a high end squatter? Pre- previously, my thought was, is, you know, Jeff goes in to take a look at these houses and there's evidence that people are living there. Um, you know, and not necessarily the best conditions. 
that stereotype is not our situation. Yeah. Right, all. which is That's why kind this of is like yeah. a homeless person stumbles into a house Correct. to stay warm or something like that. Correct. This is like professional squatting. This is professional squatting um, with very malice intent and with very beautiful homes. This this home in particularly um, is absolutely a stunning home. So not at all what you would expect to think of as a quote-unquote squatter. Yeah, this is not your typical... De- definitely what you guys described as... Is really it, is really what I thought. You know, I've been in the houses, right, 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 right. And sure, we I bought houses with. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us what happened. Sure. Where to begin? Let, let's start from the beginning. We we got a great opportunity to um, do a rehab on a beautiful home um, in Hazelwood. Yeah. So uh, this was December of. Actually, I'd been I'd been following up with this seller for almost a year. Uh, was finally able to get this to get this home at a good price, and um, we had a six month long rehab on it. Um, this was purchased through using private funds. Um, really, really good. Uh, just a great private lender. Um, we worked on this thing for about six months, rehabbing it, rehabbing it, mm-hmm. um, and it came out beautifully as, as she said i mean it came out to be just a dynamite i mean the house. photos in the story on yes. camera beautiful really beautiful <laughs> yeah yes. yeah wow. so it's, it's a nice I mean, house they have good taste yes, yes they have very good taste we'll give them that <laughs> so to get into the meat of the story um roughly approximately two months before we were done with this house so um around april time frame somewhere in april that of- march of 2019. So okay, 2019, March, March, April in okay. that, in that time frame. I, I, all these dates are running together on me. I was approached by this gentleman, Jordan Harris, and he walked into the house, knocked on the door, walked into the house. You had a sign in the yard or something or how did he? I had a dumpster in the driveway. Oh, that wow. was it. That was it. The house wasn't for sale. We were still in, you know, in the middle of, of you know, we're coming off the last third of, I'm sorry, the first two thirds of, of completing this project. Yeah. And we still had a dumpster in it. We keep a dumpster in the driveway almost the entire time we're working on a house. Yeah. So he, he knocks on the door, comes in the house and asks when the house is going to be done. He'd like to come back and see it. And I said, well, we're about, you know, a month to two months out, depending on, you know, what our finished work looks like. So, uh, fast forward, we get the rehab done. I mean, we are two days from having this thing done guy shows back up at the at our at our door i mean like like clockwork i couldn't believe it i thought it was just long gone you know and i never followed up with him or anything sure and that's it's very typical people stop by hey what you doing right you selling it when's it gonna be on the market typical questions yep he but walks, I've never had someone show up literally time, yeah. perfect timing. i don't know if that was intended I, you know i don't know if he maybe had it on Probably. his calendar or something i have no idea so he walks in says he's really interested in it. He's, you know, kind of sees what's going on. I walk him around the house. He quote falls in love with it and says, I'd like to put a contract on it. And you know, as a, as as a rehabber, Mm -hmm. that is the number one. I mean, that is the greatest thing that you can possibly hear. So immediately I, you know, in retrospect, I look back now, my guard is automatically, I'm like, you know, I'm feeling good. Like, all right. You this know, is great. Yeah, this is fantastic. I don't have to list this thing. I can just sell, you know sell it. We get further into the into the process. He he actually, uh, I send him a contract. I don't know how how 
maybe like a week later. And for clarification, are you a licensed real estate agent or I'm you not. just do this all uh, your own contract, right? Correct. So Correct. This okay. is not a SLAR uh, contract or anything like that. It's, it's my own that I had developed, had created. Okay. Puts the house under contract and there's no indication really right up front that there's any, anything going on. I mean, I mean, do you ask for a pre-approval letter? I did. I did. And that's where it. I was, that's where I was going you next. You got the pre-approval letter. I got the pre-approval letter. And, and you do what, what well, do agents do is you look at it and you go, okay. I did. Next I, step, right? Right. I looked at it and I go, okay, this is great, but I, I still, I'm going to need to speak with your lender. I want to speak with your lender. And everybody okay. would know who this lender is. They're, they're pretty, pretty large in the St. Louis area. Okay. So I call up the lender and, um, Lender's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's great. Everything's, everything's good. And, you know, we'll honor that, that pre-approval as long as he's got this, some, some credit issue, some credit blemish uh, that they've got to get straightened out. But he didn't allude to that it was a large blemish or some blemish no, that it might was, be a large hurdle. Correct. It was a, it was, um, I want to say it was an, an IRS lien. I, I've learned since that that's not actually what it was it's it has something to do with the state of missouri and and the division of uh economic security okay but there but there was this lien in place okay and i have and but you had the lenders not only that the, but the lender had also verification the lender which is usually if, when we're in question we do the same thing call the lender and mm -hmm. just kind of try and feel out the lender on how mm -hmm. credible the, a buyer is right and the lender had checked into this lien as well, apparently, and it was valid. Okay. You know, there was some validity to, um, to him actually writing this pre-approval letter. So at this point, I'm feeling good. And I said, okay, let's do this. We'll need, you know, this amount of earnest money up front and, and this and that. About eh, three to four days later, um, Jordan contacts me and he says, Hey, I've notified my, I notified my, I think he said it was an apartment at the time. I've learned that he, that he jumps around. He has a right. different story for everybody that I have to be out by this date. And he said, I'm not going to have my credit issue, uh, resolved mm -hmm. in that amount of time. Can I take possession prior to closing? And I said, no, the first, you know, uh, I said, no. But what I will do is I'll write you a 30-day lease. If we can't get this house closed in those in that 30 days, you got to go. You got to leave. <laughs> and that was the beginning of my troubles. Mm -hmm. that's, so that's how it all started. Wildly interesting. Mm -hmm. So we'll back up for possession prior to close is something that does come up even for us as real estate agents. Occasionally we have, and it is typically, oh, we have to get out of our apartment by the 30th not closing until the second or something of the sort. We come up against it only rarely and occasionally. But Adam, your viewpoint on it is? Well, that's like a forbidden form to use, which is why like, you must have known that. 2164. No, right? Yeah. Right. Well, now the St. Louis Real Estate um, in the Missouri Commission does have a have form, a form but they actually say form. on the form, we do not recommend this mm -hmm. or doing so this, you said basically. you said no but you wanted to kind of honor his ability to move in and you thought you'd be more protected through using a lease correct okay yes so, at least i had some sort of legal 
um, binding uh, contract to be able to hold him to if mm-hmm. I had to if I had to evict him. That was so my line. So he had lease terms, right? Okay. And at that time, you know, in retrospect, you know, stupid mistake, but he he, he was still very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He was still very. Uh, forthright i mean being, yeah, being it, open being honest wanting to i mean this guy just said all the right things yeah this he wasn't really like a, it seems too good to be true but i'm gonna go with it situation it sounds like it was kind of more like normal he he had a little bit of problems right which made it not too good to be true and mm-hmm. you guys were communicating and all that stuff so. right okay and, keep going and so you write Kinda, a lease, I and do. then do you do when you typically write a lease? Do you do all the background checks normally on some of your buy and holds? Mm-hmm. So coming back to yes, I do, and I I found a couple of previous evictions. One was in St. Charles. One was in um, I don't know. One was in St. Louis. So County. you Somewhere. did do a background check prior. It wasn't a fool. Now it wasn't as thorough as I should have done. So well, that, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? right? So, but, but you did do a, I did. attempt a, some sort of background check yes. that should have brought up some red flags. Right. Had there been And some- it did. Um, I guess my thing, and he was very open about that too. He said, you know, I have had some problems in my past, uh, but I'm not trying to rent a, rent a property from you. I'm trying to, you know, I want to buy this from you. I want it. And, you know, at that point. I mean, uh, that's a pretty good line, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a valid point. There are so many little... Um, I, I, this guy is like a, a, a master. He could be a master salesman. I mean, he he really. There's a lot of things that he that I found really odd that he said, but there were a lot of things like, "Wow, this is really making sense," <laughs> you know. But we so, talk. We've talked before about how, like criminals, if they would just put their you know power superpowers to that. good use, yes. that would be more successful. But yeah, imagine more the change in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, this is where it came comes back to my comment about malice intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one thing that really struck me was, you know, you have I'm looking around this office, you have uh, you have artwork on the walls, you have pictures on the walls. When he finally did move in, he asked me, "Will you help me hang some pictures on the walls?" And I said, "No." I said, "I really don't want holes in the walls, you know, to begin with." So my my point behind that is he had he didn't have enough sense to be able to hang his own pictures. He didn't know how to do that, but he's organized this whole scheme, this whole master plan of how he acquires these houses. I just thought that was re- something that that really Plant, stuck out in my seeds mind. seeds that I'm buying this house. This is my house. I want to hang my pictures. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not but that's a not my point. My point is that you don't have enough sense to know how to hang pictures, but you can, you can scam be this manapi, uh, master manipulator and, and you have this whole system. I mean, I'm talking from the, from the acquisition of the house all the way through the eviction was just, and we'll get into the details of it a little bit more, but I actually had to go to trial with this guy to so, get him evicted. Yeah. So you write it. 30-day lease, right? And mm-hmm. so then he moves in. And you do the background check. You mm-hmm. do like the typical stuff that you would do if you're right. going to lease out a property, but you're doing it for 30 days. Correct. So he moves in? He does. Okay. With moved, his mom, right? He moved in on July 2nd. Okay. And, and his mother, um, this should have been a huge red flag for me, but it wasn't uh, because I do actually, I do actually charge extra for this. But he didn't want to put his mother on the lease. And... I have a provision in my contract in my in my lease agreements that essentially anybody who is not on the lease is an extra hundred dollars per month to be in the home. Or know, do you pres- require background checks on all individuals over eighteen? Well, 
I didn't. I didn't on her, so it was my mistake. I didn't. I didn't really. Look well, at, she I wasn't, mean, it depends on how right. the landlord functions. Yeah, I mean, I, some do, some don't. I normally would. In okay. fact, I would normally require that anybody over the age of eighteen must be on the lease. On the lease, no matter what. Right. For so, better protection. Right. Right. Again, interesting that he even mentioned his mom because you might have not even known if she was. Well, I knew of his mother. Um, I, I had just finished up another house up there and this is on the news story as well. I just finished up another house in Florissant, much smaller home, um, a thousand square feet, Mm -hmm. gorgeous little house. I mean, it's, I, it was on, it was on market for three days. I mean, it sold Mm -hmm. really fast and, um, I showed them that house and as soon as they walked in, I could see on their faces that, you know, this wasn't for them. I mean, they kind of had that, that body language of, eh, no, this isn't, this isn't for us. And. They, they didn't want anything to do with that house. So, um, they opted for the much larger, much more <laughs> lavish, <laughs> lavished home. Right. That's where we were at at that point. Is, so he moves in and mm-hmm. then, um, 30 days goes by and you show up for, uh, the first rent. You're probably you communicating rent? in some way. I don't How'd know, that yeah. mean? He gave me $500 up front. $500 towards the first month's rent. And then from that point on, he went dark. There was, oh, he never there, responded to anything. There was, oh, he would, he would respond. And he would even, uh, one of his arguments, and he, he, used to, he did a, a lot of text messaging. He liked to record, and he liked to record phone calls. Hmm. So his, he, he wanted to have his texts for court. In fact, we were, when we were in court, he did pull his phone out and showed you know, a lot of these texts. But he would he would say, "Hey, I would like to get together and pay you this, pay you this rent, pay this rent money," and he texted as well, and I'd say, "Great, where can we meet?" <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't mind getting paid. He would never ever show up, not one time. I gave him my I gave him a Venmo login, I gave him a Cash App name, I gave him a Facebook payments, all the opportunity in the world to make a payment. So let's just pause here because I think that this is very important with the strategy is he's recording with his phone conversations that, hey, I want to pay you. And with all of the Uh text messages of painting that picture of, I want to do right, I want to pay you. The interesting part is every time that there was an agreement to actually take place, and let's, let's be honest, with Venmo or any type of electronic payment, all you have to do is pay, pay it. Yeah. Okay? Click. So let's just be, why we love it. Yes, that's why we love it. <laughs> it. Makes it very easy. There's it's it's you you can do it on your phone for goodness sake. But I, I wanna just pause, Jeff, for a little bit because I think it's just so important that this is part of painting the picture that he will use. Down the road on. to extend his exactly. stay. 100%. Yes. Um yes. I, and I see where this conversation's kinda of going when he, he it's communicating, but now are you communicating back via those texts? Hey, you didn't show up. I did. Not only that, but I uh, I use Mile IQ, and so I'm able to track every single mile that I travel. So the meetings that we set up for him to make a, a cash payment or or however he was going to do it uh, are, were tracked on my phone. So I, I because I did go back and I was like, oh man, you know he's got this stuff on his phone what's going to be my defense here? You know, how, how are they ever going to know that he didn't pay this? And then I, I realized, well, I've got my IQ. So, but yeah, every, t- I sat out in front of the house for two hours one night waiting for him to show, show up. We agreed to be there, uh, to meet at the house. He was going to make a, a payment. I don't even know which month it was, you know, anything past 30 days is just kind of irrelevant at that point. But 
I sat out in front of the house for two hours and never showed up. And so he did that countless days times. Passes, you're not getting rent. You know, time is going by. Are mm. you like, are we, are you buying this house? Are you, what is happening here? And did you ever reach out to the lender to say where are we at in this process? I tried many times. Well, first, my first red flag after he moved in was I never received earnest money. So my earnest money is due three days within three days after of, of signing a con signing a, a purchase contract. So the purchase contract is still in force, by the way. Correct. At, and then right. we just did this lease agreement in right. addition to. Right, right. So I that earnest money was never deposited. It was never escrowed. So he's already out of contract, so to speak. Correct. Yeah. So and he had an explanation for that as well. That explanation was, well, I don't I don't want to pull that out because that's gonna affect how much down I can I'm gonna have to put you know, it's gonna pull money out of out of my savings account. And I tried telling him like, you understand that that's not going to have an effect on it. This is. Yeah. This that's is, interesting. I'm trying to process that, but okay. There were, there were a lot of little things like that. I fast forward just a little bit. It wasn't until about maybe a couple weeks after that, I realized either one, there's much more going on here as far as this lien that he was talking about, or that's when I really started getting the beginnings, a uh, beginning thought of uh-oh. Yeah. Something, the gut yeah. starts talking. Yeah, so did you reach out to the lender? I did. And? Uh, I did uh, multiple times. I actually sp- only spoke with him once. I sent him a couple of emails, and then after that, he went completely dark. The lender did? Yes. Oh. Yes. And he, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but yeah, you would know who this is. <laughs> um, so the guy's been in there 30 days. Now you're starting to collect, trying to collect the rest of the money. How long was it before you took whatever your next step was? Yeah, what, was, what the step step? was it? Uh, it was a 10-day notice to quit that I posted on the door, and that was at about it was about the 60-day mark, right around the 60-day so mark. 60 That's when I really you realized a 10-day notice to quit. It really doesn't have a whole lot of uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of uh, legal backing, right? Yeah, it's just my way of saying. Hey, you've got ten, ten days. You got ten days to pay this. Pay this in full, or you, or you, you know, I'm starting the eviction process. Okay, right. Okay. Um, so nothing happened nothing. then. Nothing. I, I got a bunch nothing. of phone calls You're and not um, phone calls know. from them. From them, yeah. I can't believe you're doing this, and and uh, really just trying to guilt trip you, and and and, uh, oh. and just things like that. Thanks. So. And then. And then, uh, let's see, I don't remember. So the, 10 days goes by. 10 days goes by. And then do you nothing. start the eviction process? Because that in of itself is usually. I did. Yep. Shortly after that, I, I started the eviction process. Uh, again, my dates are kind of mixed up, but got a hold of the attorney, paid the attorney, uh, got everything filed. We ended up having a, um, the initial hearing was on Halloween day, 2019. I mean, appropriate, very yeah. spooky, right? <laughs> it's extremely scary. To be honest with you, I wish I could have concentrated more on Halloween that day. I was yeah, like, I, you I know, bet so. but, uh, but I didn't. So she, you know, I was, in, I was advised, I, you know, that I didn't even have to show up for that, that it was just going to be a hearing. Uh, if he didn't show up, I your would get the default. Your attorney advised you that you didn't have to show up. Correct. Did your attorney go? Yes. Okay. Yes, she did. So, uh, but Jordan actually showed up to the court date. So Jordan actually showed up. He did. And contested it. And contested. He did. So again, here's one of those uh, Missouri, I'm going to say Missouri because I don't know every state, Mm -hmm. loopholes. Yes. Right? With with evictions is if you show up and contest. Mm -hmm. Then what Um, happens? It delays it? They they 
um, they issue a continuance. The judge will issue a continuance until. Do they have to have um, probable or justification or probable cause for the like their? uh, I don't know that they do. In this case, he did. Okay. Because he had the purchase agreement, so he he tried to claim that this was some sort of like a like a like a lease option deal or a lease purchase deal, and so the judge immediately goes, "Okay, you know this could lead this could get into different." different areas of the law than just eviction court. So the judge, you know, gave the, he, he ordered the continuance. And how long is a continuance? Uh, that continuance lasted until, or, they no, it was, they, well, I think they do. It's just based on <clears throat> workload in the courts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, what was our court date? I think it was, I want to say it was a long time. It was December. I think it was December 1st. So we're talking Halloween. December 5th yes. is when it was. Halloween to December 5th. Yes. So over, so oh, just over a month yep. later, you show up Yep. Mm-hmm. in court. In court. And um, now you're the, acquiring more attorney fees, I bet, by the way. Uh, just, it wasn't terrible. I, okay. I've, she's, she's really good and she's, she's, she's done stuff for me before. So, okay. I, uh, but but, but Lent uh, lost lost rent. Yeah. You know, oh, lost, absolutely. I say, That's I what I mean. Lost like, rent, but you yeah, know, lost lost uh, income. Lost the income. Thing you have to keep in mind month. is mm-hmm. we all know when prime mm-hmm. prime season is for selling homes in this area. So, you know, once I get past August, I'm just like, okay, you know, this is this is it. I'm, it's going to be tough to sell this house. I mean, springtime around here is just. Yeah. And I think it's it depends frenzy. on where in the city. I mean, like, we don't find that so much in the city, city. True. That's true. City proper. Yeah. yeah. So, but yes, we do find that suburbia more. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're back at the court date. And at this at this particular court date, you have, you can still either go through, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. You can settle you can, you or can, whatever. Yeah, settle. Like, you that's settle. the word. You can, yeah. you, can, you can settle. Who can he, settle? If we the, can agree upon something so that it doesn't plaint, go to trial. Plaintiff and defendant, believe it or not. The courts will let you settle it so they don't have to Okay, can we settle it that he gets out? Like, well, what is, well, they would have to agree. Have, so, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. We would have so, to. Jeff would so, agree to. I would agree that he can just get out. Okay. Once done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah, out, I want if to I can come over there and see that the place is empty before court, I will cancel the court date. Right. Okay. But instead of settling, he opted. He actually, let me go back just one second. The day before this court date is when he hired his attorney. So he opted to go to trial. And I'm not kidding. Literally, they were setting up their case while we were sitting in trial. They were going through records and and all of this nonsense. And um, the judge was just like, no, you've had, you know, you've had 35 days. To find somebody and prep for this. Okay. Right, right. Kudos to the judge for that. Yeah, uh, the judge was great in this one. Um, but so oh, we wait. So I'm sorry. You think that he? This was part of his little mastermind tricks. Yes. He was hoping the judge was going to go. Oh, you're not ready. Come yes. back in three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Any type I, of, that's what I, any right. type of delay. That was yeah. his mm-hmm. exact plan because. And like I said prior to us actually getting on air here, I, I can wander off because there's so many things that intertwine with these stories. Nuances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's keep in mind, we've got the, the text of I'm trying to pay. Uh-huh. I, I'm trying to pay. So, he, so it is interesting. Okay. So he, he tries to actually get – I'm not sure – I can't honestly say that that was his intention or, or a tactic that he used. Sure. But he hires the attorney the day before we're set to go to trial and then asks for another continuance – in the meantime, 
I had posted in these Facebook groups, these investor Facebook groups, about what was going on and about the eviction. And I posted pictures of them. Be careful of these people. You know, watch, you know, here's what's going on. I was just just truthful. And um, so he's, he's in the meantime, while he knows that this court date is coming up, he's reaching out to all these different investors that I know. Agents, investors, um, people that have uh, trying to uh, set up a new place, find yes. a new place. Yes. Okay. So he's just like, he's still if I can find a new place, he probably would have been out of yours a little sooner. Right. Right. Hundred percent. Okay. Yep. So uh, the judge does not grant the continuance again. So we have to go to trial. That day. That day. So December fifth or whatever. Correct. <clears throat> so I'm sitting in this trial, and this guy just pulls out. All the stops. I mean, I'm talking, we spent $80,000 on the rehab on this house. Mm-hmm. This guy, he, he tried to claim that the house was uninhabitable. That's what, that's what he actually said out loud. In because court. there was no past municipal inspection or because he was saying, no, no, it passed. Oh. It passed. Uh, one of the things that happened shortly after he moved in, there's in the, um, it's got a main level, uh, washing wash area, laundry area. And the little hose bib, one of the hose bibs was leaking. We didn't know. We had no idea. So it, it had dripped down, and uh, it was a tuck under garage, and it got it damaged part of the drywall inside of the uh, garage. So I got a plumber out there. We paid to have, have the uh, the hose bib replaced. While he was in there not paying while, you. While he was in there. This is so this was really early on. To be this was you complaints. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this is when he first moved in. Okay. Cause, cause so we didn't have use of, we didn't really use any of that plumbing for much of anything. This developed just right after he moved in. Sure. Sure. So I got over there, we got it fixed. And, um, that was one of the items that he brought up in court was that the house was uninhabitable because of this water damage. This was, water spot, this little bitty. Yes. Well, like, I what? tore out the, I tore out the drywall and so, then that spot cut it out and, and just to try and see where it was coming from, let everything dry out really well. Yeah. And, and that was one of the okay. uh, items. He also claimed that the house had extremely low water pressure and that made it uninhabitable as well. Well, I found out later on after this was all said and done, I went in the house and I turned on the faucets and I'm like, yeah, this place has really low water pressure. That's odd. I've never noticed this before. As it turns out, uh, the water meter out front, you do rehab. So I, you may know this, a lot of those water meters that, that, you know, from the water, the water company has to come out and physically turn on. Most of those valves leak. Almost all of them do. They had, well, I'd say about 50% is what my experience is. So they actually came out and shut their water off due to non-payment. That valve leaked. The only, the only way they got water in that house was because that, leaking, was- that leaking valve at the street. Correct. So they're not paying their other bills either. That is correct. Uh, they did leave a bunch of mail there, so I know they have a lot of outstanding bills there. So lot. is this judge falling for this? I mean, they've seen this all before, right? I mean, oh, you had a he, if, low water pressure. That's reason to not pay your rent. I mean, this is if he was falling for it, he didn't. He didn't display that at all. I mean, he. The judge. If, if I could describe this this the scene in this courtroom to you, you know, when you have an attorney represent you, you speak through your attorney. You you almost. Never, unless you're asked to speak out, you almost never say anything. Your your mm-hmm. your attorney represents you, and this guy was standing up. 
just making a total, I mean, it was just bizarre. It was just a bizarre scene. You could tell he was getting frantic. He wasn't, things weren't going the way that he wanted them to go. Yeah. And, and trying, and trying to, in trying to approach you. And when Jeff basically said, I'm, I'm not speaking to you. Then he sent his mother, Barbarita Jimerson over to talk in Jeff. court. In, yeah. yeah. In court. Yeah. So, so we'll pay you later. And, and, I just kind of looked at her and I held my hands. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I can't, I can't talk to you guys. Yeah. I just literally anything that came out of their mouths at that point was a, was a plea to get them, you know, to get them to stay in the house. That's all that it so was. So what's the result of this court date, uh, or this trial or this, <clears throat> what happens? I won that. So I knew that I wouldn't, I, I still know that I'm not going to see any money out of this, you know, and that's not, that's not really what I'm after at this point. Right. Never you really should. was. I just wanted them out. Sure. Uh, but you did win the judgment. I did win the judgment. So in this, on this specific date, the judge actually awards you a judgment and an eviction. Uh, not and an eviction. No, oh, I'm sorry. no. With the, uh, so there are two different types of evictions. There's there's rent and possession, and then there's unlawful detainer. So with rent and possession, if he had paid, if he was able to pay that judgment that day by 5 p.m., he could have actually stayed in the in the house. I just knew he didn't have the money to do it. So oh, I took my chance. that's interesting. Yeah, right. I don't know that I knew that. Yeah. So the unlawful detainer are the cases where, okay, let's say that you have a lease in place, but, you know, and I'm not an attorney, so I'm going to disclose that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have a lease in place, but say you want to sell the house or you just want to get out of the business. You have a lease in place that's expired. They're there month to month, but they don't want to leave. You can you can sue for unlawful detainer and take possession of the house, get them out of the house. Okay. So mine was a rent and possession case, though. They had 10 days to pay that back is what it was. So it was another settlement that was offered that they could have paid by 5 p.m. that evening. So they have 10 days to pay that or get out. After that 10 days expires... Then you have to call for the sheriff okay. to come out and forcibly evict them. A couple of days or weeks later. Ten Just days later. It's all dependent upon their workload. Yeah. Okay. And for me, it was, uh, it was a while. December 30th. It was Monday, December 30th. Yeah. Was so you final. were calling about December 15th. This date, this court date was December 5th. They had 10 days to come up with the money or you called the sheriff. Correct. So and we're talking. That the sheriff doesn't like to kick people out like right before Christmas and stuff. Well, so it's funny you say that is. because when I when I called the sheriff, um, the initial date they gave me was like January, yeah. like January third or something like that, and I was, I just told him I was like, man, I, that really stinks because I I would really like to be have these guys out before then, and he called me back like I don't know twenty minutes later and he says we had something open up we can get you in on December thirtieth. I was like, thank you. So mm-hmm. they they did spend Christmas there. But New Year's Day, were, they were not able to spend New Year's so Day. So on December 30th? This well, is the video it, we see of them moving out. Yeah, that's, that... a, that's December 30th. This is where it gets really interesting. So they started on December 29th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I was actually working on another house um, up in North County. And so, uh, but Chris Negus with KMOV showed up on the 29th. He wanted to get, try and get their side of the story. This whole time, they just, they're silent. They don't. They don't offer any kind of explanation for what's going on. Uh, Chris has tried to contact them, call them. He's tried to uh, find out where, uh, you know, where Jordan works. And, and again, this is where my, my squirrel brain is going to go off on a different tangent. 
Nobody ever knows where Jordan works. I did find out where his mother works, and that was at the uh, that was the uh, Lowe's in Baldwin. She was. I can't. 100% verify that this was her role, but I was told that she was the head cashier at that Baldwin Lowe's. Um, I actually made a trip up there and spoke with her manager. And um, to, I think, and there was one other person that did the same thing, just to kind of let them know, hey, this is, you know, this this is what we're dealing with. This is the kind of person. I mean, mm-hmm. she's a lot of money passing through her hands. I don't know, you know, do what you want with do what you want with the information. Oh, I see but, where you're going with that. Okay. Yeah. So Chris goes out on the 29th and that's when we see him fill in their truck. Well, there were two days. They had two separate trucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a ton of furniture. I mean, this place was really, really decked Well, up. when and you don't pay rent. Yeah. You can afford, <laughs> you can afford nice really things. nice things, by the way. Yeah. I just, it's funny. We can say throw that, that out there just in case you're not good with math. Yeah. As I'm watching them load this truck, I'm going, wow. Look what I bought him. Look at, oh, I, just, I bought him a 65-inch uh, TV. Awesome. Yes. Great. Yeah, it's fantastic. So you were there the day? And a pool the, table. The, yeah. The, the, um, I was the not there, was there. The, on the 29th when they had the big truck. So the way that that went down was Chris was there. The movers were they They hired a moving company. Uh, the moving company comes in. Well, Chris, when Chris shows up, Jordan locks the door. He slams the door, won't let them back in the house to move any anything, you know, and so there's a Facebook Live video. This one of the movers starts a starts up Facebook Live, and he's kind of explaining what's going on because the cops are there. And you know, Jordan calls. A, is this mover a friend or a third party? Just just, a, just somebody. Just we don't th- know. Th- we don't know. Okay. Um, so they were hired by Jordan. Right. Okay. Right. So we don't know. No. Right. It's not Jordan's friend, or he wouldn't be doing a Facebook Live kind of. Correct. That's why I was trying. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if Jordan knew him. So one of the one of one of my guys, one of the contractors, wow. they can afford movers. They can. Mm-hmm. Surprising, but one of my uh, contractors is actually. Movers, by the way. Yeah. The, oh, well, right oh, we're gonna we're, <laughs> we're getting right right there. Okay. Uh, we're getting there. Good call, Adam. Good call. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, uh, one of my guys that actually worked on the house happened to be a, a member of this Facebook group and said, Hey, turn, you know, turn it on. You can see what's going on over there. I didn't want to be anywhere near there. You know, I, you know, right. I just want somebody else to handle it kind of thing. Right. And, um, so I got to watch everything that went on that day and what you see on that, um, on TV, on that, on that, um, news story. Right. 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 Clip, right. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the next day when they're finally like, that's their last day there. They're getting everything out. I thought they were gone the night before. Um, I showed up over there and I see a big U-Haul parked in the, uh, parked out front. You showed up over there to meet the sheriff. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just Change to make sure. Locks. Correct. Yep. So, um, I want to go back one, one second. Cause I also want to, cause I want to, I want to get into this, um, paying the movers and paying, paying people. Cause this okay. is a pattern here about what's the date today. Today is today is February 6th, 6th. So approximately eight weeks ago, part of their scheme is they actually had this house inspected by the a, house, your house. Correct. Okay. By a very, very, very well-known company here in St. Louis. You okay. would, you would know this company. Sure. In fact, I don't think it's wrong to say their name because they're, they do great work. It's pillar to post. Oh yeah. We, um, so Kevin from pillar to post comes out, he inspects it. We go through this whole thing. And do you uh, make repairs based on the inspection as a normal transaction of the I real did. estate? I did. I made some of them because at this point I'm kind of, 
you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get a bunch of money sunk into it when, I don't know. I just, something just still didn't, didn't feel right there. Right. You have until closing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So Kevin calls me and this is about eight weeks from today in the, in the past. Uh, he calls me and says, Hey, do you know how I can get a hold of Jordan Harris? And I said, I do, but let me guess you haven't been paid. And he said, well, they attempted to pay, but the information that we got is not valid information. So did they attempt to pay via check they, they or at give the, one wrong number on their credit card or something? Credit card. They attempted to pay with a credit card that, oh. um, and that's what Kevin told me. So, um, so that did not go through. And now that was a $600 inspection. Sure. Um, and then, uh, the movers, the movers, I got a call. I'm not exactly, I think it was through Facebook. Cause I responded through, remember when I told you the movers were, had that, that live stream going, I responded to one of the, to the guy that was uh, recording that. And I said, give me a call uh, a little bit later on. I'll exp- cause they wanted to know what was going on. And so I ended up talking to him later on. And as it turns out, I don't know what the uh, details of this was, but they, the owner of the company called me and apparently there was some, some shifty, some shifty business going on with them where they were afraid they weren't going to get paid as well. So they, uh, from what he told me, they were, they were telling Jordan, we're not unloading this truck until we get paid. And so I'm assuming that he paid them. They moved to a storage, they moved all of his stuff to a storage facility. We're keeping the truck. Right. Until we get paid. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's smart, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's legal. I don't know, but that seems <laughs> I don't. I don't know that it is, but uh, it but seemed like a good strategy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I could just... Yeah. In the news story, you see them pushing lawnmowers into the backyard. Yeah, the neighbor's yard. Right. Mm-hmm. And when they were doing that, I was standing right there. And when they were doing it, I said, you know, there's no way that these... I just don't think these neighbors, they weren't the kind of neighbors that would loan you or lend you two, two lawnmowers. Why would they be pushing those into their backyard? And so I went over and knocked on the neighbor's door and they confirmed, no, there's a, those are not our lawnmowers. Well, anything that after an eviction like that, anything that's left in the house, whether you want it or not becomes your property. So I went over and got the lawnmowers, put them back in the, uh, in the garage. And then I brought my vehicle back later, I don't know, maybe a week later or something like that, actually took those lawnmowers home. I was going to try and sell them. And I got a call from Chris again that he was speaking with somebody out in St. Charles that they had done this to as well, that the, that the uh, Harrison Jimerson had done this to as well. Oh, and by the way, there was a stolen lawnmower. They stole a brand new lawnmower from them. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was like, well... Crap. It's probably <laughs> I, one of these. I kind of wanted to sell it. I said, but, you know, put them in touch with me if, if it's theirs. You'll take and, a picture. Yeah. Send yeah. And yeah. I did. I, I sent him a picture. The big kicker was he was using this lawn care business that he had, this supposed side side hustle, this, this lawn care business, in addition to his primary job. He was using that as uh, income to, you know, for these lenders that he was talking to. He would say, hey, I've got my job, and then I've got a side hustle. Mm. I own a lawn service. Now, I can only surmise that those two lawnmowers <laughs> had something to do with that. I don't know. So he would, 
he would basically manufacture income and say, correct. Oh, yes. I make five hundred dollars a month mowing lawns or whatever, and that would help his debt to income ratio. Correct. Else. You got it. Yep. So I just find it and the, strange. This is the pre-approval letters prior to when the lender would have wanted to see. Okay, let me see that money hitting your bank account. Yeah. Right. Right. And tax returns and so on and so forth. So we went through three different lenders. One of them was my lender. Yeah, keep in mind, I'm still thinking that they're going to buy this house. So I'm, I am backing up. I know I'm jumping around a lot, but there's just a lot to be told. After this first guy, I said, we've got to go with somebody else. This guy's gone dark. Let's try my guy. For the and, lender. So you never hear back from their lender. Nope. He just goes and completely dark. No email? No, nothing. Nothing. Okay. Zero. Mm-hmm. So I have him talk to my lender and just... Well, they actually did. He did. I didn't want him to... I wasn't necessarily looking for, I was more looking for, well, is this guy going to be qualified given this information? So they, those two speak. And according to my lender, he's like, if what he's telling me is true, then this shouldn't be a problem. I can probably have this funded in two weeks. Ah, so at what point did he talk to your lender? And it's just verbal. So this is, this is is verbal. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is probably, I mean, this is prior to that. I kind of look at that 60 day, that, that two month mark where I go, okay, I'm being scammed. It was sometime prior to that. Okay. I said, let's get your information over to him. If anybody can get it done, I know he can get it done. He comes back a couple days later. He says, I found another lender with a very, very well-known uh, company in, in the St. Louis area. And this guy was just no frills. Here's what it is. I need this information by this date. And if I get it, I can get this done. No problem. Not one shred of paperwork ever showed up at his desk. I have just thread after thread and emails of trying to get this information out of Jordan. So at that point, that was when I finally was real. Like, Hey, I got to get this guy out of my house. So when did you start learning there's other victims? Cause you're, you, uh, hold on. If you don't mind, I want to keep going with the process. So they moved out that day and then what happened? Cause we'll get into the other victims. Well, let, let, the, the the eviction day in itself was just a lot of strange behavior. It was bizarre. If, if I may, because I think that this is important. If sure. you've seen the news program, you see some of the hostility uh-huh. in their behavior. Um, you know, we were there at eviction day ready for the sheriff. We had contractors and the Chris Nagus um, News 4 Investigates team was there. What was interesting is that there was some gentleman wearing a mask, concealing his identity. Instead of them focusing on getting the rest of their belongings and just leaving and just being rid of the situation, what ended up happening is Jordan, we don't know who else, I don't know if it was his mother, and this, I'm just going to call him the masked man, for lack of a better term, came by and literally stalked us while waiting. Um, And they did this many times. Not only that, the gentleman who was masked got out, Came up, videoed me in the car, videoed us in the car, videoed my car, videoed our license plates. Scare tactic. It's a scare tactic. It was a total intimidation tactic. And did this like, what was it, like six or eight times? So constantly coming back. This is all while you're waiting on the sheriff? Yes. So I'm going to throw my my two cents into this. And this is just kind of just an added bonus. I mean, all of this is really irrelevant to the the overall... uh, this overall story, but so I went, I went, I went armed because the sheriff is only there for 30 minutes. He's got 30 minutes to clear the house. And then whatever happens after that is kind of up to you. So I I actually went armed and 
Jordan is driving up and down the street six or seven times. They've got tinted windows. I, I mean, we were we were all a little, we were all on edge. Everybody. He was driving up and down after the sheriff left. Well, this is before this is before the sheriff even got there. Okay, okay. So they they got in, and what you saw on the news with with them speeding off that was supposed to be their last hurrah. Like that was supposed to be them exiting the the, the property and being done with it. But that's not what happened. What happened was they kept driving back and forth. And Jordan was in the driver's seat, back and forth, six or seven times. Mm -hmm. And so they finally left. I thought they'd had enough. They left out. They were gone for a good a good while this last time, last time they left out of the neighborhood. And this is all before the sheriff got this there? This is all before the sheriff mm -hmm. gets there. Are they so, trying to evade the sheriff? No. Okay. No, not at all. Uh, they were just gone. They were just, okay. you know, it was just happened to be that it was they were leaving before the sheriff ever, ever showed up. I'm sitting in the car with her. They hadn't showed up for a while. I said, well, I'm going to take a walk up. My contractors who were there to help me change locks and everything were in front of the house, parked directly in front of the house. So I walked up, you know, keep in mind, I have a sidearm on me and I, uh, I walk up and I'm, I'm standing at the driver's side door in, in the street and I see his car up the, up the street, getting ready to turn back down to come down uh, to where we were. So I very... Very, very purposefully walked around. I did not want him to see my firearms. First thing that came to my mind, like, he's going to freak out. You know, this is not a good situation. So I walked around to the other side. He pulls down, parks next to her car. The mass marauder gets out again and starts videotaping everything, uh, just, har just harassing, you know. And that gets back in the car. They drive back up. Well, I'm my sidearm is exposed at that point. And as... Jordan rolled by, he rolled his window down and he put his fingers in, you know, in the, in the shape of a, of a gun and said, I got you. And he, you know, kind of made that motion of gesture of shooting. Yeah. yeah. So at that point we went ahead and, uh, we called the Hazelwood police out, called 911 and we just didn't want to have any part of, uh, you know, the harassment, a shootout or anything right. crazy yeah. like that. So, uh, they come. They actually cleared the house for us. They were there. They were very, very helpful. I mean, hats off to Hazelwood because, I mean, they've been, you know, in the beginning, I actually f tried to file a police report with them, and they, they really didn't even take my name down. But since all of this has come about, I've been in constant contact with them uh, throughout the whole, you know, pretty much the whole thing. Uh, they've just been, they've been fantastic. I mean, just awesome. I had an occupancy inspection done on the house yesterday. It's all passed, ready to go. It's amazingly, it's not uninhabitable. Right. That's shocking news. Surprise, surprise. As we suspect. Yeah, shocking news. So did the sheriff finally show up? Did we get these locks changed? We actually, Hazelwood offered to go in and clear the house for us. And so we called, we told the sheriff, we've got it taken care of. Thank you very much. Move on to the next. Yeah. Because he's busy. Yeah, he was already late because they had 14 evictions scheduled that day. Yeah. And so I was. That's how it goes. Yeah. We took possession, immediately changed the locks. We put security system on the house and, and. That was it. So now what? Have you sold the house? The house, I actually got an offer on it last night that I that I turned down. Um, but it is actively, it's on the MLS it's right It's listed? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're going to, I guess this is where, I've got a lot of questions. Shannon probably has questions. But so what are you going to do different when you get your next offer? My next offer? Um. <laughs> I mean, no where do I be? Where do I no begin? possession prior to closing, no lease, <laughs> Absolutely. obviously. See, that's like, the bad thing. Um, this, you is, know that, this is the sad thing. That little house I told you that I had finished up, uh, mm -hmm. just pr that I showed them as well, yes. that I walked them through. Um, I actually, we had a problem at 
my buyer's title company on that house. And so I said, you know, I can't deal with that title company. Let's just move it to my title company. We'll have it done by Monday. Well, same scenario. The the buyer had told her apartment complex, this is my, de- my drop-dead oh, date. Wow. So, so I said, you know, I, I knew the money was already escrowed, so I wasn't that worried about it at that point. But I said, you can move in Saturday. We close this on Monday, and it's done. And everything went swimmingly. Like, it was perfect. You so are not bold. everyone's a master <laughs> but malicious intent person. But yeah, right? that, well, again, if the... So you the funds were really were at the end of the transaction. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. How and did you end up on the news? Well, the Facebook post, someone on the group saw the Facebook post and said, would you be willing to talk to Chris Nagus? And, of course, Jeff says yes, because, again, I was speaking with you, although, you know, we're, we're kind of ready to just stop. The, the biggest concern is just getting it out there. So that's how that happened. A, a viewer made the connection. Um, yeah, I, I put the post out there. Yeah, I saw the post. I was just I really, was, It was interesting. I was, that was a very, very, that was just nerve wracking for me to do because everyone talks about um, libel and, and slander. And I just thought at this point, you didn't what, care. what else? Yeah, to yeah, put like, yourself out there and be vulnerable to the comments of the other individuals within the group. You know what, like, though? Well, I've had really good feedback. I mean, yeah, there's, I there's one, there's one or two always. turds out there that just, I mean, they, yeah, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda type stuff, and yeah, didn't you get, do this? It definitely, definitely that? bothers me. But well, that's hopefully that's kind of one of the benefits of this sort of like long form interview, mm-hmm. you know? Because I I mentioned this before, but to be totally fair, when I saw that news story, I thought they should have done this, they should have done that, mm-hmm. they should have the done this. That's the first reaction. And yeah. talking to you, you're like, I did that, I did that, I did that. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, okay. well, I thought I knew what you did wrong, but yeah, I kind of my reason behind telling you about the the little house you know what t- you know letting her get in that house a little bit early a day early was that so i'm fresh off of this really good experience and and they come in and just i'm just you know at this point i'm like putty <laughs> you know i'm like all right this is great i'm rocking and rolling here she had just quit her job yeah <laughs> and we had i mean that month that month of july and this is really where uh it it kind of um has really really had a negative effect on just on my, just on the way that I think and how, and and the things I'm able to get done, but she had just quit her job and we were that month we were we were set, we probably could have made that month, and lived for the next year very comfortably. And our marketing, everything that that yeah. house alone was my marketing for the next year and a half. Yeah. Since no, we don't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So since that time, I've just, we've just been. I haven't had a solid paycheck since July. Because of this. Speaking of that, are you going to be able to garnish their wages, garnish their bank accounts? Are you going to do you have any chance of getting any money from them? Because you did have that. Yeah, I, yeah, we we would have <clears> the to judgment hire that a was lawyer, done. and we we are unable to hire a lawyer to do any of that additional. Not only that, he's them. he's very. I mean, these they're just not they're just not dumb people. You know, they're very. They've been through this many, many times. Many people have tried to collect judgments on them. And I, from what I understand, there's been one or two people that have been able to garnish his wages if he doesn't move jobs and not re- And you report. can't garnish the mom's wages because she's never on the lease or the contract? Correct. Well, actually, there is a um, – you, you can't garnish her wages. They actually tried to bring that up in court where they said, well, she wasn't on the lease. And then the judge, while we were sitting there, he looked it up uh, – yeah. Through some, you know, whatever law book they right. they use, and and found that yeah, it's anybody 
it's anybody that's in the home that's anybody that's in occupying the home. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Which also. Somebody looked that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm, that's also before the show. You kind of mentioned that there was some sort of realtors involved. What was the backstory on that? So actually, I, I found out when I made that Facebook post, um, people just came out of the woodwork. I mean, it was just like all day, all day long. People, hey, I've dealt with these guys, and I'm dealing with these guys right now. Oh, they came out of the woodwork as in they did Correct. this to me. They've had interactions with them. Or, or in the process or of trying the process to do to, it. Yeah, right, right. Oh, my gosh. So this is not a dig on realtors, but this is actually how this all started was through, was through realtors. And what in they, what way? What they would do is they would find a house that was listed. Mm-hmm. They would use the realtor. Uh, you know, and I don't know if they were like targeting... Anybody can tell when a, what their license number is when they were licensed. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they knew that or not, so I, right. I can't claim that, I, that that's what they were doing. Um, but they were targeting homes that were listed using the realtor to make their offers back and forth. The listing agent? Uh, or did the they buy, have, A buyer's agent. They had their own buyer's agent. So Correct. They, well, they, they would just call. They would call up a, yeah. I, I don't know if they had one. An like, agent and say, when right. I got right. offer right. in this house. Right. Okay. Right. And that's exactly how they started doing this. They graduated from that once I think there was kind of a in fact one of the uh, brokers that I spoke with has their uh, their pictures placard uh, placard on the walls okay. in, in their office. You're not to, you know not to deal with these. Yeah, people. These, this is what's going on with these guys. So once that kind of got around and they were they depleted that resource, they started moving to um, to rent to owns. So landlords that would have a lease you know offer a lease option on a, on a house. From what I understand, like a for sale by owner. Money. That I don't know. I, um, I've, in fact, I think maybe only one or two of those actually occurred. I, I don't know how that went down. I can't speak to it. I don't know. And then he started targeting rehabbers. So, like for me, when I asked him, "How did you even know that? How did you know this house was available? You know, how did you know what's going on?" He said, "God told me to turn down this down the street. God told me to turn down the street, and I saw the dumpster." And so that's what, that's what he's doing. Those are, those are his three thing, right? Yes. So then you thought, Oh, this is a good Christian person or whatever. My gosh, you, you just see that, see how this weaves. I mean, it is, it was literally once, once you kind of got to know, I kind of got involved in the situation. There was, he would just like throw a dusting of religion in there. Like every, you know, every once in a while, just enough to make you go, okay. Yeah. We share the same values. Yeah. But yet, that's a lot. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was it was good. It was really good. <laughs> so more and more people like came out of the woodwork, like investors, homeowners, Correct. like that this happened to me. And, you know, how many did you come across? Well, I found, uh, once I really dug into it, I found out they were using, uh, they were using Barbarita's last name for approximately the first the first eight of those rough you know i don't know that exact amount and i don't know why they switched using his name i can only surmise that they kind of got her name in, in, a, in a bad spot as far as getting these getting these properties uh, uh rented or, or however you want to look at her the point is they between the two of them they had these 16 so i had those i found those 16 I had so you found sixteen people, individuals. Well, I was prompted to go out and look at 
really do a deep dive on CaseNet. And so that's um, how I found all of those. But the people that responded on Facebook, I would say that, that very first post that you saw, I had a dozen, at least a dozen, just from that post alone. Yeah, and then, and then what's the count for how many have said that they're running the other way because of that? I, I, think I can't even, I've 10. lost track of that. I they think, They would make call after call after call to people out there. And, and we, you know... Bear in mind, we are not connected in any way to these people other no. than through this Facebook group. And I, I lost count of how many people they actually talked to about getting into their home. Yeah, and it's so. and the interesting thing is, is you know, I can't divulge who, but this is with hotels, too. <clears throat> they get into a hotel and are forced through an eviction at hotels. So, you know, when we talk about the intent, it's quite interesting. Hold on. So they they go they to a hotel, they, go they check hotel, in, yes. and they just never check out? Correct. Which oh, is, that's you new. Think, think about that. It's challenging. Do you hold a credit card for incidentals or whatever? Yeah. Well, if you, you give a bad credit card... card. Yeah, but they run it right then and there. Maybe they turn it off or something. I don't know, but I, don't I, do, know. I do know that if you think about the logistics that has to happen if you're in a hotel... <laughs> they've got electronic keys that can shut off at any point. So literally, I mean, if you think about this, like this is what goes through my mind anyway. Somebody's always got to be in that room mm-hmm. to, you know, to let people in and out. I don't know. I just think it's... Well, it, these well, people the are that, doing this in every aspect of their life, not just with their housing, right? They're doing it with lawnmowers like and it. movers and water bills and everything else. So, I mean, hmm. it, it, when you did the background check, though, when we first, when you had them sign the lease, did nothing show up? I mean, other than a couple of evictions and... Then well, now other red flags, like judgment after judgment, do those not show up? The problem with someone named Jordan Harris is there are, hey, there were four or five pages of Jordan Harris. and You wanted to believe that those were different Jordan Harris. Well, you don't know which ones are which. Yeah. But yeah, so essentially what you're saying, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And, you know, like I said, I did find a couple of evictions on him. And he manned up. He owned up to it. And... My mistake for not digging deeper, you know. Yeah. You asked earlier. I mean, it's a total change in process. I mean, you know, you want to try. And if you're in a position where you're running your own business, you you want to believe that you can make a difference and do the right thing and help folks that are, are really wanting the joy of home ownership. And to, up until this point, Jeff has had amazing experiences with being able to do that and to solve really hard problems. And so where it comes down to this is I think within the community and, you know, whether you've done it yourself, it's just human nature is to think, oh, well, I would never do that or I would never do this, shoulda, woulda, coulda, all that other kind of things. Again, you know, the point of speaking up is it's the malice intent that's that's involved. And you can just see that there's a weave here of just of that for folks that really do are in a bad spot, you know, that really do need a help because it's one or two days. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate because we will never do this again, ever. Right. And right. so for that's- the folks that we would help, <clears throat> it's kind of, you know, eh, ooh, talking about being a little... Gun shy. That's the thing. Once and twice shy. Yeah. Yes. I have a I have a really bad habit. She'll tell you this too. I I'm a giving type like giving type of person. I like to see the underdog win at almost at risk of, you know, myself. Right. I, I you generally wanna like to do that. Believe the good in people. Yeah, and it's just not even it's nothing that I have to think about. It's just a it's just my personality and yeah and it bit us. And she's all she's always telling me, You're giving too much away, you're giving too much away. And um uh, <laughs> 
yeah, I, unfortunately I have to go against what my, what my bones tell me to do now. And mm-hmm. I just, I can't do it anymore. Yep. As we're trying to wrap up the podcast here, I think we've shared a lot of really good information, but I, I want to ask if you guys have any perspectives about what, you know, Shannon and I or our company or other listeners, what can we do to help you or what can we do to help others, you know, in this situation? First and foremost, if this has happened to you, whether it's these these folks or anybody else, contact the attorney general. If that does not happen, they will not take it seriously and nothing will come of this. And every victim that's come before us will be for naught. So please. So the the, the move is contact the attorney, attorney general and sort of file a complaint about these people? Yes. Reach out. Let them know the details so that they can really start to take action and build a case. Okay. I've, can I offer the attorney? The, if you uh, have any had any interactions with Jordan Harris or Barbara Eden Jemerson um, where you feel like you've been defrauded or... Um, or any, any, as Shelley says, any malintent, you contact John Shields at the Missouri Attorney General's office, and his phone number, his desk number is 314-340-3417, and his mobile number is 573-645-2763. And again, his name is John Shields. He's with the Missouri Attorney General's office here in St. Louis. Wow. Uh, is, yeah, if people want to get a hold of you, you obviously seem like really good people. Maybe there's, would you like them to reach out or kind of maybe they want to do business with you because you seem like an honest real estate business person? Sure. I, I, um, I like to work with agents on, it's kind of a, <laughs> I know I should make this quick, but so I do, I do creative deals. So I, I work with real estate agents to get those done. So if you've, you or anybody out there has a, a deal that you just can't get done. Maybe you've got a, a, a seller that maybe doesn't have the equity to be able to afford a, a, a fee, you know, the an agent's fee, a buyer or a listing agent's fee. Get a hold of me. I can still monetize that for you and, um, you know, we can get the deal done. Yeah, and Jeff's website is, um, the company is Missouri Sell Now. For um, the creative financing, it's uh, sub2empire.com. So S-U-B, the number two, empire.com. Correct. Sub two empire is actually, let me get this straight. Sub two empire is a course I created on subject to investing. Okay. Okay. But Missouri sell now for, for the agents out there, dot com for the agents out there that, uh, that seemed that would like to monetize, uh, some, some leads maybe that they can't, uh, they can't close. Uh, Uh that's, that's my specialty. That's what I do. Love it. And we will reach out to you if you're willing in the future to come on and talk about all that. hundred percent. I don't think we've talked about subject to stuff at all on the podcast yet. So, he loves it. 100%. It's my favorite thing, favorite thing to do. Yeah, that would be a good one. <laughs> so thanks again for coming in. And for anyone who's listening, reach out with any questions. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at HermanLondon.com. And take care. Bye-bye.